What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. New Year, same Panthers. Same same issues, same mistakes, same guffaws that we all knew were going to fall upon the Panthers against the Buccaneers, especially in Tampa Bay. And I got to tell you what, the first mistake for me was walking out onto that field in light blue jerseys and our gray pants. The gray pants do not exist outside of the black jerseys. I don't know why they're still in the rotation, but with the silver, too, Come on now, what? Come on. I, I I don't I don't mind. It's a classic. I mean, it's it's the classic look with the blue. I mean, yeah, think about it. That's how we that's how we brought it in. So I, I wasn't upset about it. I kind of felt like they were trying to go with the go with like the cardiac cats jerseys. Like I mean, like you think about like that year we played them. We played them in Tampa with the you know with the blue with the silver pants. So you know, I, I thought I thought they were trying to you know bring back the feeling, but uh. We didn't bring the defense with us for sure. Nah, I think I think you're right. I think we did try to bring back up that nostalgic uh, mantra and whatnot. You know, we had Jay No on the field, so you know we wanted to bring back a little bit of that that old school keep pounding mantra. But to your point, Shantice, the defense couldn't hold up, and we can get more into that because I still, for the life of me, do not understand why we left Henderson out on that damn island with with Mike Evans for three times in a row. But we, we can definitely jump into that. And 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 we should go just. I mean, elephant in the room that is. <laughs> For everyone that's, you know, first off, Panthers fans, c- come on now. Every time I think that we can approach a situation from a level-headed standpoint, you just blow me out of the water. I understand it was an, a, an upsetting loss given the fact that we had at one point a 14-7 to lead. We were It was 14-10 to at halftime. Keep that one in mind, all right? You're playing with Sam Darnold and none of your starting defensive backs outside of your safeties. What did you think was going to happen? Like, and, and, and another thing is that you really want to come for Wilkes' head right now because the only thing I think that would be the biggest sin for Wilkes, the time management was one thing, but the biggest thing for me was keeping Josh Norman off the field for as long as he did. Saying he was going to play 20, 30 snaps a game and then playing him two, that's some Matt Rule levels of just ridiculousness where you say, if you're going to say one thing, that what, what you've done so far is back up everything you have said. This was the one time you did not back up what you said. He was in there for two plays, and after that first touchdown drop for the Bucks, I don't understand how you rationalized keeping him off the field or allowing CJ and 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 Keith to be the guys to go with it. Yeah, that was that again. Like you said, keeping Josh play, not figuring out that you needed to roll help to Henderson and Taylor. Which I look back at one of the plays. It was caught on Xavier Woods because on one of the, I want to say the touchdown where it looked like Henderson stopped in the middle of the play. Woods, we're in too high. Woods, he he rolls to the trip side of the field with I think it was uh Otten, the, the the rookie tight end. He, I think Otten was in the slot. He rolled he rolls to help to Otten, but I'm like, bro, there's nobody on that left side of the field that we have to worry about. If Mike Evans and C.J. Henderson are one on one backside, I need you to help me backside. I like I I don't like that that front side they're gonna they got they gotta take care of themselves they got more guys over there but yeah, I mean it was a wholesale loss like I can blame everybody in the in, in that locker room for this loss and they can and they can get everybody can get the appropriate amount of blame but it wasn't on one guy or one particular one particular player it was a wholesale team loss well we I mean to my to my to my eye you know we led the game all the way up through the fourth quarter right. There should have been, I think, the running game, they were stuffing the inside running game. I didn't see us do too many sweeps to the outside. I don't know why we didn't use the outside more. And to your point, once Mike Evans burns you once, you should bring over the help. Once he burns you twice, 
I don't understand why you're leaving any man on the island out there. Tom Brady's going to pick on that side for the rest of the game. That's that's what he's notorious for doing. Once he finds an opening, he consistently just hits it and hits it and hits it until you decide that you're going to stop it. And we gave them opportunity after opportunity to get back in this game. When we were up 14-0, we should have just kept running it down their throats to burn the clock. And I don't know why we didn't do that. It's another one of those situations where you have to look at it from a standpoint of what the game presents for you. You look at the Lions game last week, and that whole expensive game, that whole expansive offense came from the fact that you had that early fumble that you then capitalized on. Same thing happened here. People are so quick to forget that first drive for the Bucks. they were going to the red zone. Chris Goblin had that ball in the red zone, and if Woods didn't, or I think it was Woods, I don't remember who. It was, a, it was Sam Franklin. Oh, that's right. Of course, it was Sam Franklin, the most forgettable player on the team. He peanut punches the ball out of his <laughs> hands, and that saved that drive from being a touchdown, which you still didn't even capitalize on offense. You went three plays. You went three plays. You didn't get that fourth. And honestly, if I was Wilkes, I understand your season is on the line. But fourth and one from close to midfield to knock off the Bucks early, dude, punch it in. Like that's the big. That was especially him knowing that the biggest issue for Rivera that people had was that he was either he was either taking a shot at the wrong time or he was too conservative towards the end of his tenure. You're going up against the Bucks. You're playing for the playoffs. Take that early first drive where you had the four. It was fourth and one, and you punt it. Dude, go for their throats. Go for their throats. Swing with your defense. I understand you think they're going to get it. Because then even that next drive, they forced the punt that drive. The next drive, McAdoo, what does he do? Calls three passes in a row, goes three and out, and then we've done nothing with those drives. And you don't capitalize off the positive defense, which has always been the Achilles heel for the Panthers. I, I think a lot of the issues that people are having, I, I, I mean, I didn't, like you said, there's a lot of parts of the game I think people are forgetting where play calling still is a question. And and that you you got a little too you got a little too pass happy. Like you said, to your point, Jason, the interior run didn't work, but Chuba Hubbard's there for a reason. He's the guy you use when you want to get out to the edge. Black Shear is the guy there that you use when you want to when you want to get want to get out to the edge. And there's different ways to get them out there. I mean, it's not necessarily that it has to be a run. There's different ways to get some of these guys out into space. And I just don't think we try enough. Of trying to get those guys out in space and, and allowing them to work to work their one on one matchups and make plays. Again, McAdoo's always going to be a guy. More I'm, I'm going to look to and say like there there's certain times in the game where I think you could you could put a stamp on it, and you you do the weirdest thing like like Stephen Sullivan right on the interception that Sam Darnold threw. I wasn't even mad at the play call. I'm mad that Stephen Sullivan's the guy running that route. I, I don't. I can't. Yeah. I, like like th- like that's an issue. Like that needs to be Terrace Marshall. On on a on a deep ball like that, give me my best deep ball receiver. So which which is right now Ben Terrence Marshall. Schematically, yeah, got... I was gonna say I was gonna say excuse me, Jeff. I was gonna say schematically though, we seemed confused when we started getting into those red zone opportunities. It was like McAdoo just lost his way in the playbook. We ran around with DJ Moore how many times this season? That's a perfect opportunity to use something like that. I don't know why we didn't use much more schemes like to your point with Chuba Hubbard. Terrace Marshall, maybe there were injuries. And that also goes to Jano on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know. They said he was in shape, but I don't know if he was too much in football shape, right? So maybe he was gassed when he got to that to the sideline. Those those are things that we know. And and that's you can always question those things. I agree with that. I just I think that well, first off, also, I think it was another one of the cases where the I mean, you look at the and like they talk about Mike Evans, you know, coming out of nowhere. Even that first game against the Bucks, we're so quick to forget that first drive the mm-hmm. Bucks had, he had a touchdown dead to rights, dropped that ball. It's a much different game that you're going into. So you like 
we have to not only stop living in the past as a fan base, but also like look to the past to be realistic about the outcomes of what is going on. You have to play situational football as a fan to know that, look it. Yes. Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard went off that first game, but that's because no one had any tape on them as running backs. McCaffrey was fresh out the door. There was no tape on Hubbard outside of being a number two. So of course the Bucs didn't have an answer for him, but this time around they watched, I guarantee you that they watched that game, that game day in and day out to go look at, we're not letting this happen again. Like think of think about the games that they played since that where you ran for over two hundred yards and you played against the Lions where you ran for over three hundred. People are watching you. <laughs> you don't think people watch that? And not only that, uh who's the uh Todd Bowles. He's a defensive minded head coach. You do you really think he was gonna let that happen twice? No, no. no. Not at all. It's not happening twice. Not it's at like all. that's that's not that's not happening twice. And again, that comes down to well, as a play caller, do you have a way to counter that? And and we did, and it seemed like we had the answers early. And the answer was DJ Moore. Hey, look, let, you keep going, keep going. Oh, I, I, I about to say, I mean, you, I mean, you got DJ Moore in the one on in one on one situations where he made every single play that he could possibly make in that first half. Yes, to put you in position to win that game, like yes. DJ Moore. That was in that first half i was like hey, look that's the type those are the type of performances that he that he can have and that he's had in the past that makes you feel like that this is a top 10 receiver when you give him a guy and you give him a when you give him a guy that can just give him the football he's one of those guys that can just make plays yeah. i mean every every single play that could be made in that first half dj made and i get got to the second half and just didn't see it as much but he, but, but like there were there were a lot of moments where Sam showed brilliance where I, I I'm seeing the growth I'm seeing the confidence rise in him and he played confident that entire game but I, again there's so much blame to go around because I can even look at our offensive line and say yeah. like hey but I want to also I've been back great up. all year but I actually want to jump into you know our defensive forefront didn't get to Brady like they did the first game and I can't help to mm-hmm. think that. Maybe it was a scheme. I mean, of course, we never get holding calls, right? That's our biggest. That's our biggest argument for any season. We never get holding calls. I don't know how you're going to say that Brian Burns doesn't get hell. I don't know how you're going to say that Haynes Junior doesn't get hell. I mean, Haynes Senior doesn't get hell. But at the end of the day, I think we played ourselves out of that game. We we got the lead, and then we do what we always do. We get conservative. We just want to do the bare minimum to get to that next level. We should be trying to punch it in every time we get the ball. So, to your point, DJ Moore played a phenomenal game. He is starting to come into his own. He's been in the league five years. He hasn't made the postseason yet. That's something that we have to address. McAdoo and his schematics, they've got to go. I get that he's had a very good run with Wilkes being at the helm. We need new blood in there to utilize the weapons that we have. We've got some real good weapons behind that offensive line. And the offensive line... They just got tired. Let's be 100% honest. They were really good probably the first halfway through the second quarter. But the third and fourth quarter, they looked like they were gassed. They looked like they were just, they were just done for. I mean, that, that front four for the Bucks is under-talked about. It's underrated. It's underappreciated for the front four they have. Because, I mean, you got guys like Vita Vey up there that are huge running faster than I can even believe. And I'll tell you one, it was, and you could see it kind of in the fatigue of it. You got to think about it not only from a standpoint of uh, being just an offensive line, but as a rookie, 
this is week 17 now. You're now a yeah. season mm-hmm. and a half in to what you played your entire time cuz Icky looked tired yep. that second half. Every yeah. that last that last interception or fumble, that last turnover, Fun. it it came yeah. right from Icky's side of the ball. He walked right through Icky mm-hmm. and basically pushed him back into there. And I'm not faulting him for it, but you just see like how he played the first time they played the Bucks and how he played this time was night and day. And that was the beginning yeah. of his over the hump rookie slump like all right now i'm getting into it and he's because he was playing his best football you know that many weeks in now he's a, twice as long and it starts yeah. to get to you no and, and no amount of you know coordination and chemistry is going to be able to ma- make up for the fatigue that you feel that late in the season yeah we, look, he, we, we were relying on a lot of young guys to have to play well for us and and the one that i will say is that I'm proud of the of all. I'm proud of all the young guys that played because all of them at some point in time during the season, at least since Wolves took over, had their moments. Like Terrence had his moments. Uh, I mean, we didn't draft him, but Lavisca he had his moments plenty of times. Chuba Hubbard came into his own. Blackshear had his moments. Shy even had moments. Like all of the young guys started to have their moments. But but again, like you said, like you're you're like you said, you're a season and a half into what you would have played in college. The fatigue got to you, and that's a veteran group over there in Tampa Bay. They, there's oh, no yeah. rookies over there. That's a, a veteran-savvy group, so they end up making veteran-savvy plays, and that's what ended up beating you, man. They, at the end of the day, I mean, we look at we look at it, man. This team overachieved in terms of where they were when Wilkes took over. Yeah, Getting us into a spot where we could compete for the playoffs was was, was great. Um, But we still – but, but I mean, I think it, it does suck when we left a little bit on – we left a lot on the table. To where we could have gotten it, we we could have got it. We could have got it done. Yeah, no, I mean, no question. I mean, you think about it. I mean, to me, we needed to win that Steelers game. So that this game wouldn't be the must-win game, right? We needed that Steelers right. game so that this game we didn't have that much pressure on our backs going into it. And I think that 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 Steelers game we made up for it in the Lions game. So you use that emotion up in the Lions game, and now you're coming into a real war with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they want to sync up the NFC South. So you've got all of those factors playing into this game. And to your point, Jack, I agree. These rookies and all the rookies that we had on the front line, they're not used to playing this type of football this late in the season, being beaten, battered as they've been through the last 16 weeks coming into week 17. That's a long season for some of these guys. And also with all the turmoil we've had and the turnover we've had throughout the season – that whole emotional bag that we don't talk about as much from week to week, that's a big bag to carry to then go into a hostile environment down in Tampa where we already it's a dogfight every time we go down there. Absolutely. Yeah. And so not only do you have to operate with a younger, you know, with that shorter season for the rookies, you have to or that you know, that longer season for the rookies and the younger guys, you have to operate on a shorter season for Wilkes. And this is what baffles mm. me so much. Wilkes was playing six games behind the minute he stepped on the field. He yep. was seven games removed from the playoffs before he even got onto the first Sunday field. So I don't understand how anyone could look at what he did by taking a team that had no – because think about it. Cleveland, Cade York misses that kick or whatever his name is. Right. You're a, you're a game better or then you look at Atlanta. You know, you, you that play that penalty is called right. You're, that This game doesn't even matter. You could lose this game and still make the playoffs had you had that extra win. So, like – that's what baffles me about Wilkes when you have all this th- stuff coming in front of him that people question because I can go down and nitpick. Because for me, one of the biggest issues we talked about at Shantis in terms of losing DJ Moore completely the second half, it was not only that, it was a breakdown of everything that our offense did right in that first half. 
The thing that this offense has always done well, especially since McCaffrey's left, is spread the ball around. You look at the touchdown drives, it's a pass to Chenault on the side. It's a pass to Shy, who played a hell of a game in the middle of the field because he got bodied multiple times that game and held onto the ball. Terrace got lucky on a few of them because there were some that Terrace, there were some that Terrace really scared me on that I was very happy he brought down. But then even the touchdown goes to Tremble, or the touchdown, you know, goes to then DJ, who that was an incredible catch. Like all these plays were proponent were propelled by the fact that McAdoo was spreading the ball around. Sam was spreading the ball around because for the Panthers, you can't just key in on one guy. Our guy, DJ's great. He's not good enough to just key on him. And not even Mike, because Mike Evans isn't good enough to just key on Mike Evans. It's still going to go to Godwin or the new dude or Julio Jones for some unknown reason. And so when you stop spreading the ball around and you isolate yourself to just one output of offense, you take away the chess pieces that allow you to have some sort of variability and come at the game with some sort of looseness. You're right. We tucked our tail between our legs, Jason, and we just, we got, we got scared and we just stopped. Yeah, we did, man. And I, I felt this way about, after the Steelers game, or maybe before, it, it maybe after the Steelers game, I think I when I, I did one of the money in the banks and I said, you know, it feels like we're trying to backdoor our way into the playoffs instead of just taking it. Right. Yeah. Like right. go, like, 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 like go take it. There's there's certain moments where you gotta just take it. And you gotta live with the result that look, we're not supposed to be here anyway. Like no. literally, you took over a one in four football team. You're not supposed to be in playoff contention at this at this point in the season. Right. You gotta just go take it. Well, I, I and like you said, the fourth and one early in the game, where I think we, we were we were up fourteen nothing at that point. We were, up, that we were up seven to nothing. It was right after the fumble. Seven. You just got the fumble. And what is the biggest thing they tell you as a coach when you have a turnover? You capitalize on that That's shit. Right. And they tried. They didn't bomb it. They went three conservative plays, and it got to that point. I think it was it was two incomplete passes, and then I want to say Chuba got you to that point where it was close enough, and then you punt it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Ecker's the best punter. You know, in the last probably ten years, but but Jack, on. but Jack, that's a McAdoo problem, right? And at the, the end of the day, that's a McAdoo problem, right? Because McAdoo wants to fall back into his comfort zone of, oh, this is how we should do it—the bread and butter of my playbook. No, McAdoo, your bread and butter of your playbook didn't get us here. What got us here is us thinking outside the box on some of these things, right? And so, to your point, we didn't utilize every tool to its maximal potential. We had so but many. That's, that's where we are missing it, and that's why I said that's much more on a McAdoo piece than it is more so than the execution piece because we were executing very well up until that point. Mm-hmm. But that's where I play devil's advocate because at the end of the day, the person who is supposed to be utilizing those weapons and saying "Hey," and overriding the issues is Wilkes to go "Hey, we should go for it on this fourth." And, and you know, we've it's that question we keep talking about: yeah. who's making the calls in the red zone? Who's making the calls of fourth one? Because I had the same issue on defense. Jason, you brought it up. The lack of the rush. You can't let Tom Brady just sit there and dink and dunk you the whole game. And we saw the most aggravating thing for me was when you needed to win the when you needed to stop them to get a chance to get the ball back. And it was third and short, fourth and short. We called a double A gap blitz that threw Brady down at the very last drive to get us the ball back. It worked like a charm. Frankie and Marquise Haynes came flying in. And they took Brady. Where was that all game long? Because clearly you have the ability to call that play. So why did you not have the aggressiveness to call it earlier on? Especially when Brady had already two fourth and ones that Brady, the best QB sneak quarterback in our time, just just fell forward for. And you didn't load the box in either of those. And that I have issue with too. Because we know that Al Holcomb is there calling the plays. But in those moments, I think that's where you get your great coaches, your Vrabels, your your you know your 
your Ron Rivera's, you get your guys, your Mike Tomlin's who call that play for themselves to go, I'm taking this decision in my own, own hands. And that's yeah. the only issue I have with Wilkes, at least in this particular game and at some of the points of the season. Yeah, I mean, again, not everything that went wrong in that game is fixable. Now, I was say the biggest thing I'm disappointed in, and I was expecting a lot more of these two guys. I didn't get what I needed out of Brown and Burns late in the game. Nope. That I really, that I really needed. Like both of those guys have, they've had career years this year. I really needed you to have your best game yesterday. Like what? 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 What was it? With a depleted, yeah, with a depleted offensive line, and yeah, I needed Brian Burns to be that elite pass rush. Like if you want to push into that elite category, that's a game right there where you get the way. That's that's where our Julius Peppers go, go goes and makes a play. Where we, I've seen Charles Johnson go and make, go go and make that play. Like yeah, when I've it's seen time Mike to Rucker go, make that play. I'm saying like I, we've seen guys go make that play. That's what that's what you gotta have there right there. You know, I mean, like I said, the, the best guys come up, rise up in those in, in those moments. And I know all of those guys are feeling it. And I hate that those young. I mean, as long as these guys have been here, they haven't seen playoff success in Carolina. Yeah, let's let's keep so it. They have. They have. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm sorry. I mean, just they they haven't made those plays. Like they they've been like. I mean, Burns was he's been here five years now. He hasn't made they 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 haven't made those plays. They haven't played meaningful games th- this late into the season. I'm like, I'm just like, I want them to experience that because it's, it's a special thing. We know how special right. it gets here, here in Carolina when, when we made the playoffs and when we're competitive. And I want them to be able to feel that. I mean, I, I want DJ to be able to feel that because I think he's another one of those guys where I'm like, they deserve to be able to have the opportunity to play in front of this crowd where it means something. Well, and I was like, but it's just you can. We're still a step away from that. That's that's the that's the hard part of this one. And that's why I'm leaning in on Wilkes being the head coach going into next year because I think we've got the momentum where we need it to be. Give this man a full offseason, a recruiting a recruiting in Absolutely. the in in the in the uh, in the draft. Let him bring him into training camp. Let us make moves we need to make. Everybody's bought into Wilkes. There's no need to rock the boat. The only thing we need to rock, we need to get a new OC. And we need to we need to get some definite tight end, some definite tight ends in here, and we need to definitely build up that secondary. And I think we're going to be okay, guys. I'm not. I put it to you this way: I feel a lot better going into this offseason than I felt in the past two seasons, even when we got Baker. Um, so and- I, I can't, I can't, I can't be much more of a proponent than that. I'm leaning in on Wilkes. I believe in what he's putting together. I believe in how the guys are playing for him. And I think over time, if we give him the time to do it, we're going to be a force to be reckoned with next year in the NFC South. And and that's the point that I want to make is that you t- you hit the nail on the head. Everyone, you know, was sitting there angry about the outcome yesterday. I saw people saying it was embarrassing. How do we give up that lead? What no. is he doing? The, here's the thing, though. I mean, and you, and you can be upset about it. You can be upset about it. But here's the thing. Yeah. That is good that you're upset about it. Two, three years ago, we didn't care what was going on in week 17. That's right. That's right. It did not matter. We were just hoping that Will Greer would throw a touchdown to at least make the game against the Colts serviceable and not an 85-7 to loss. Like, it's right. good that you're angry. That means that something is going right because last year – None of us gave a damn about week 17. The games didn't matter. So you should be happy that you're angry because it means we're going in the right direction. And that should tell you all you need to know about Will because he made you care about football in Carolina again. We haven't cared about football since Matt Rule got here. We've cared at like 
angry grandparents care outside their lawn when they're yelling at people to stop driving 70 miles an hour or begging you to please stop and slow down, but you actually care about it because it actually matters. And that is what I want everyone who thinks that Wilkes needs to go, that we need to move on from this. If no. you want the cardiac cats again, because the team that we've had is not the cardiac cats. They've been a team that right. gets the lead and then is, is complacent with it. The cardiac cats built their empire and built their, their storybook time by being a team that took the lead and expanded upon the lead. That's why you had games that went into overtime. You had games that went into the final minutes because they weren't giving up. They were going back and forth. Their defense might have been sloppy. Their offensive production might not have been great. But they played to the very last whistle. They were not conservative with anything, whether it was 2015, 2004, what have you. So that's what – if you are really looking at Wilkes and saying that this is a guy that doesn't need to be at the helm, I, I don't know what else to tell you because you can look at the slew of candidates that are out there, and there are some really good ones. But yeah, none, but none of, of them, them – But none of them But none of them are brought into the city. Um, no. That's that's what I'm going to say right there. We can talk about the Sean Paytons. We can talk about the Harbaugh's. We can talk about whomever. But the one thing that Wilkes has, he has the love for the city. And that's what we need. Let's be 100% candid here. We know our owner ain't the best person in the city right now. We're not, we not, oh, no. we, we not trying to shake his hand It's the smartest times. hire for Tepper. It's the smartest hire for Tepper because – Yeah. Like, PR-wise, it, it, PR it, do, it, it do great, especially when – but you know one thing I, I gathered from yesterday with hearing like all the fan hearing all the fan responses that I think people are afraid that we're getting back into the mode of we just don't want to leave the past alone because you, you think about Wilkes was a part of that was a part of that greatest Panthers era that we've had yeah right yeah well I mean where you where you won what we won like seventy we won like seventy plus games throughout, throughout that time that's something we've never seen here as far as consistent winning. And like it, 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 uh, during the Panthers during the Panthers time in the NFL, and I think you know seeing Cam, like we we even had to bring Cam Newton back, we had to bring Josh Norman back. And I, I think people want to separate from that era and move on to a new a new space. But what I tell people is this: I'm like, well, ask yourself this: Why did we have to go back and get Cam? Why did we have to go back and get Josh Norman? Ask yourself: Who built this the way it was that it was so? structurally flawed that we had to go back and and get and go get those guys to help fix it. And why did we like, get rid of them in the first place? I've got an argument for that, right? Exactly. I've got an argument for that, right? Argument is Wilkes isn't the same coach. He left, no. he grew, he took an L, he came back, came back into the fold as a coordinator, dealing with a little runt of a of a coach who swears to God he built the greatest team since sliced bread, which we all know is a falsehood. Um, you know, he's a much better coach. He's grown. He's matured. Let alone even that, Wilkes has the pulse on this team. You heard Derek Brown say it. Yeah. I speak for every man in this room. We want Wilkes to be at the helm. Yes. Nothing else to be said. I'll set it up for the for those who want, you know, uh, Bill's OC. Oh, God almighty. Help me with the name. Ken Dorsey. Dorsey. I'll tell you. What, I'll tell you what. So you want Dorsey, right? Well, that's someone from Sean McDermott's coaching tree. Who is Steve Wilkes? Someone from Sean McDermott's coaching tree. So uh, to me, that's a wash. It's, it's all the same. That's what all I'm the saying. same. All even, the same. It's even all of what they're and it's like it's like this. Right? Even with Sean McDermott, right? Why is it that Wilkes gets the gets the knock that well? We don't know if he can build a staff. We don't know if he can do. Bro, Sean, you know, y'all know Sean McDermott was a defensive coordinator, right? Yeah. Like, that's like, what we, I'm like, we, like, like, and no, I've heard not one person say. 
Oh, we don't know if Sean McDermott can build the staff. I not mind you, remember we drafted Josh Allen. Well, Josh Allen wasn't good his first two years. I don't think people were like, no. I don't know if people forgot about that or no. and like he was like he he was bad. His rookie year, he was awful. The second year, I mean, they won, but I mean, if you watch it, you know it wasn't because of him. You you have to give these guys time. I I, I Wooks has already failed once, and I think and I'm pretty sure Wooks has a good idea. But he didn't. Of what he did differently Shanti. this time. He didn't fail. He, he got he set. Failed. Up. He got set. Quote, up. He qu- We're one last name away from quote, the roles unquote, being. Failed. We're one last name from the roles being reversed. If Rosen goes to the Bills and Allen goes to the Cardinals, Wilkes could still be the head coach of that team, and and exactly. it, could be, it could be McDermott who is the one coming back into the Panthers fold. Now you have no, like they get someone like it's, it's it's all relative with that kind of stuff, and that's where I like you want to meet Ryan. D'Amico Ryan is just Steve Wilkes about ten years earlier. Like, I don't need. I don't. I don't. I don't want D'Amico Ryan's. I don't want Ken Dorsey. I don't want Jim Harbaugh. If by the grace of I God, we, if, we, if we were able to get Sean Payton, if we sold our souls, stop it. Get it. Stop. Stop it. No, I wouldn't do it. I still wouldn't do it. I still would. Right. So it's not still. happening. For me, the momentum that we have at the core of this team, which is what we want to build off of. You got to go with Wilkes. And don't think that Wilkes can't build out a team. You don't think he learned from the first time? He tried to build out exactly. a team? Come on, man. This man has gotten so much more respect in the league since then. He can. He's going to build a squad of coaches that will rival anybody else's coaching staff. I guarantee it. I'm about to say, you, you want to go, Jack? Or you, so, the, in terms of the building the team function, that is one thing that, yes, I agree. But also, we have to think about Fitterer because we don't, it's still so up in the air about who was making those final calls when it came to the contract extensions, when it came to who we signed, who we let go. Fitterer has some question marks when we look at Stefan Gilmore, Son, Raddick, he does. But whether or not that was rule saying that to those guys, you need to prove yourself to stay on the roster to guys who are already Pro Bowlers and already. <laughs> borderline hall of famers and you're telling them that they need to prove themselves i can't imagine any veteran that and any gm that can give him any deal that's going to keep him around so yes wilkes has to build his team but he also has to do he only has to do so in terms of a a culture standpoint when it comes to the actual guys that we're getting fitterer is going to take on the more of the role when it comes to that and but are you disappointed with fitterer's um his his picks i'm not upset well, picks no not not really. I mean, yes, he's got misses. He's got hits. He's got misses. Like every GM that has, he, yeah. he hasn't. He he hasn't been a hundred percent. Models. That's right, that's models, for yeah. sure. We'll he's models is one. I don't think he would yeah. draft seven defensive players off the bat. That, yeah, that's that that like, was bad. I'm sorry. I, 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 I agreed with it because of he saw the impact of the Legion of Boom, but. I don't think that he wanted to do so that aggressively off the bat the first year and not take a single offensive player when you were down already a quarterback and you were down already a good amount of wide receivers that you need to come up on. Well, 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 to be fair to – okay, so so the year they took all, all defensive players, Marty Harney was still in place at GM at that point. Yep. It was Matt Rule and Marty Harney. Oh, that's true. I'm so now, proud of that. Now, 21, who was in the 21 draft? So it was JC. 21 was JC. It was DJ. Um, was that DJ? JC Terrace. No, 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 no. no. It, was it, was J- it was Terrace. It was Terrace. That's right. Yep, it was JC. Yeah. It was Terrace. And With then Ter- Mottos, was Tim right? Wasn't it Mottos? Wasn't Mottos in that class? Mottos was, Mottos was, Mottos no, was 2020. It was, was Braden Christensen, was it? Christensen. It was Brayden yeah, Brady Christensen, Christensen third round. Yeah, that's right. And then fourth would have been. Well, like Deontay Brown. Well, Deontay Brown's in somewhere in, in there somewhere, but he he's cut now. But and you look at that that top three. That top three is three of your stone. I mean, Christensen was playing every snap this year. You you got a six round pick. I mean, you got four or five guys from that class, that twenty one class. Fourth, that Chuba was the fourth. Chuba Chuba was the fourth round, round pick. All four of those picks his first year were all at least making impacts on this team. 
So right. and and none of them had any Baylor or Temple connections whatsoever. So praise thank Jesus God that, that wasn't yeah. the case. Like and I'll say people say I like like they've done a good job of drafting because you haven't missed so badly that you have to go back and try to replace them. Like JC's a, JC's a hit, right? Yes, sir. Like I, I know people are questioning people are questioning his health, but I'll tell you like. Look, I don't really. There ain't much you can really do when you just break your foot out of random. Like that's not really like a. What was his wrist? That's not really his wrist and that. Well, I mean, I'm talking about his rookie year. Like I'm talking about rookie year where he broke his foot and then the the wrist. I'm like, I'm like, bro, like, like, bro, you anybody can break. I was like, anybody can break a wrist punching like that. Like I, I just kind of one of the things that just kind of happened. I'm not really concerned with the health thing with with JC, but he's a hit. Derrick Brown's a hit. Uh. Terrace shown promise. He's, he's improved greatly. Chuba shown promise improved improved greatly. Hold on now. Which one? Which, which one? Which one were you so so about? Terrace or, Terrace. or Chuba? Terrace. Terrace. He's shown promise. He's shown promise. Now I, I can't say he's fulfilled what I thought he would be. <laughs> okay. but he's shown promise. I put it to you this way. I, I put it to you this way. He's better than Kelvin Benjamin, and we'll leave it at. Well, that's not set oh, very high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Absolutely. Think about it this way, Jason, had this been his rookie year, had he had this production his rookie year, oh, he'd be ready. You he'd, be ready to, you'd be ready to Off extend the charts. right now. Off the charts. But no yeah. he wasn't getting that output those first two years, whether it was because of injury or Matt Rule's incompetence and whoever offensive coordinator was, which you thought it was going to be an easy. That was my biggest concern with Joe Brady's. You thought there was the immediate connection, and I understand he had the offseason injuries, but you literally just finished coaching this guy. You had this guy coming out, so I didn't Bro. understand where. The, the anywho, but what I will say in that regard is that I think that Fitterer has the ability to build this team around and can do so, provided because Rule did not have a culture. It was just a college team where you could just br- it was plug and play, no actual structure to who he wanted or what kind of thing he wanted to do. He wanted to get linebackers that could stop the run because they were smaller and craftier, and we can't stop the run to save our lives. And so that's where I put more on Fitterer and Wilkes to do so. And I think that is going to elevate it. And it's going to be the same no matter what coach you have coming out there is what I is what I believe. I think you keep Fitterer around, you find a way to get John Robinson on your co- on your on your front office staff. I I would do that tomorrow. I don't care what he did with AJ. I think that's still a move that you make tomorrow. But then here's my big thing, because this is where I'm gonna get a bit controversial. If you were ready to stay with Teddy after his first year or after the second year, you wanted Teddy back, then you should be saying that Sam Darnold should stay on this team going into next year. Off of yeah, the he's put together. I mean, you got to go with Sam Darnold. I, I, unless, unless, yeah. unless, unless by the grace of God, it comes to our pick and there's one of those top three quarterbacks <laughs> still sitting out there. Outside of that, hey, man. outside of that, we ride Sam Darnold. Yeah. Hey man, y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. And I've heard and, and, and I've heard this a lot. But what I'll tell you is that is 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 this four or five game stretch of Sam Daughter enough to make you say, look, give me 17 more games of that. That's enough. But like this is the this, this, this small sample size of a stretch. Like, like how different is this stretch than the stretch that Baker had a couple years ago? It's that's not, a great point, Shantice. That that's, that's a great point, Shantice. That's a great point, Shantice. But I will tell you this. Like, but, I, his, but I'll say this. I will say this in, 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 in Ginger's defense. In Ginger's defense, <laughs> I will say this. He was bought on, on somebody else's ticket where they didn't have an idea that's how true. to make him be better. Imagine if Wilkes had Sam Donald when we first got him to now. How much better would Sam Donald be? 
I would say I think Sam's. I think I thought I think the game that you saw Sam play in that first half, there could have been a lot more of that throughout the throughout his run, which would have made him a middle of the like a middle of the like a Kirk Cousins esque type of quarterback, Fine. which is good, which Fine. is good enough All to right. win you some games. So we got right. that. And, we got and that. If you, and if you get if you get that's it. If you get that, then yeah, for sure, rock. Go ahead and rock with well, it. Shantice, what I will say is that if it gets to our pick, I, all I'm it, saying is that picking there's no C.J. Stroud, there's no Bryce Young, there's not one of these top three quarterbacks. We got to get the best player on the board oh, that can, fits our that, that fits our that fits our team. I'm gonna tell you right now, you're gonna probably end up in the top ten anyway. After the, like, whether I think whether you win or lose next week, you you may end up in the top ten either way it goes. You trade up. But I don't think Stroud's going trading with up. Who are you gonna... trading to get though? Who are you trading to get up? Who are we who are we letting go? Well, his thing, like, Stroud's not going like number two in the sense that he's not gonna be the second pick. And like Young is probably Young is more than likely the first, and then Will Anderson and a couple of defensive guys go in between that. Stroud probably to the Colts is probably the, the one I'm looking at and saying, like, that's the one I'm saying he probably will go to for sure. And I think that we see we we know that Fitterer doesn't need all seven picks to to put together a good class. We've seen that in and of itself. And so I'm not entirely worried about him trading away a pick in that draft to get up there. My argument becomes this, because I agree with you. And it becomes the point of, I think it's going to get, I think, okay, do you take, are we, are we, are we missing out on Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts once again? And we've seen what that has done for the Eagles right now and what it's going to do for the Bears in the next two or three years. If they can get their offense together. If they don't kill them If they give him any, if they're giving him the Cam Newton treatment and the Lamar Jackson treatment, if they can give him any sort of help, if they can go get Devontae Adams or give him any sort of receiver or any sort of running back that can actually help him out, it's a much different scenario there. And so that's what, but that's my argument here, right? Is that, and when it comes to quarterbacks, a lot of the times, especially with the guys that, with the way that our team is set up right now, you see it mm-hmm. in these teams where you have great coaching staffs that have an idea of what they want to do. Brock Purdy can come in as Mr. Relevant and play like he's freaking, he's Tom Brady 2.0 and go out there and actually play games. You look at the Raiders, look at the difference between last week to this week. I don't even remember the guy's name that came in. Well, I, Stidham. Jared, Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham, who was already also making plays in New England to the point where people are like, yep, star hit him over Mac Jones. A quarterback can be to the point where if you have a good coaching staff around it, it can be incredibly serviceable and play above its talent. If you have a coaching staff that is a crapshoot, it is going to hinder that quarterback's ability if they don't know how to use him. So my worry yeah. is that if we don't have an offensive coordinator that comes in by the time the draft rolls around that doesn't know how to utilize C.J. Stroud or doesn't know how to utilize – I mean, look at Trevor Lawrence between this year and the last two years. Doug he's Peterson. Not even that quarter- Doug Peterson. He's not even that dynamic of a quarterback, but look how Doug much Peterson. better he's played because of the guy behind him. So I'm not worried about Wilkes per se, but I am worried about who we put an offensive coordinator – well, you already know who I want. You already know who I want for that. You already know. We're not gonna get him. We're not gonna get him. He's not gonna leave. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're not. You're not getting paid for something for that. Like that. Like he for uh, a head coaching gig at he's some point. Waiting out that that deal in, in Houston. He's at this point. I think he's waiting it out. Right. I think he. They're gonna get Bryce Young, and however they feel about Lovey Smith, which I can't imagine that they, like, they feel so great about Lovey Smith the way they wouldn't just move him out the door and then promote pep from within um you i mean frank rock probably be the the more likely option because i don't know how much frank actually wants to be a head coach again 
And I, I, I like that. That's a real question. Like, it, 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 like, is he willing to vie for a co- head coaching spot immediately, or does he want to wait a couple of years? Pull a Josh McDaniels, go, you know, go stay in New England for for a couple more years, and then go get your next, go get your ne- next head coaching gig if it, if it's out there available. I mean, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of questions that we're asking, like, that has to do with whether who's going to be your head coach. We don't even know the answer to that. And then how how does he decide to fly the style? Which again, I I, tr- I have a trust in Wilkes to get. Me that too. right, me too. I do have a trust in us to get to, to get that right. I mean, if it's Harbaugh, I mean, I I, I have a trust in them to get it right too. If we get John Harbaugh, I, I swear I, to God, we get John Harbaugh, we will not make the playoffs for the next three years. The, I only worry about I only worry about his relationship with the front office because that's no 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 issue. He his has. problem was with the team. He tries to run his NFL teams like he runs Michigan. That's not going to work. That's not that doesn't, that doesn't fly. That's what happened in San Francisco. That's exactly that's what. That's exactly what happened in San Francisco. That's why he left. That's why they got rid of him. We, and we, didn't we just didn't we just learn that we don't want someone who's going to come in here and run it that way? Didn't we just go through this? Exactly. I'm comparing Matt Rule to Harbaugh is kind of wild. That's why I don't disrespect John Harbaugh. I'm not. I'm not disrespecting that man like that. I cannot do it. Harbaugh is at least a professional. Like if, okay. if anything else. Yeah. They, Hey, hey man, he's a professional. That I, nah, nah. He's a drill. But see, the, nah. but see, the difference is though. I will, I will say it from this perspective. He's much more of a drill sergeant than what Steve Wilkes is, right? Steve yeah. Wilkes is still as a man. He respects you as a man to show up, be professional, and do your job. That's what he expects he of you. Hard. That is hard that is the mantra. Emotionally, but that's the whole point. Good. That's the whole point. That's, that's the whole point. That's a, he runs a tight ship. And the play, the players respect him because he is the quintessential players coach. He treats you as a yeah. man. He respects you as a man. He keeps you accountable as a man. But he doesn't try to demean you as if you're still in college. That's the problem with John. Absolutely. Harbaugh. That's the problem with John Harbaugh. And that was the problem. I mean, Matt Rule. He was he was treating forty five year old men that had been proven for seventeen years that they he was right. treating them like they were freshmen coming out and needing to play themselves, needing to prove themselves before they made the roster. For sure, and man. Hey, look, I, I, it's a slam dunk, like you like like we said earlier. It's a slam dunk. You, you roll with Steve Brooks. If the locker room's already bought in, and not only that, I what I what I saw after bad game. So like after the Pittsburgh game. The performance you come out and have against the Lions, exactly. like the, the only thing we want now is consistency and being able to get high level performances from your guys on a consistent week in and week out basis. I can chalk that up to that's a lot of it can be a lot of reasons as to why we didn't get it this year, but I believe he can get that out of this team. He got he 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 got the most out of this talent that I thought we could have, and got you all the way to the end, and you just didn't have and you just didn't have enough to get it done. I do believe he can get the most out of this team for the full offseason. And him, not only that, we we have no idea how he would build the roster. So, man, like, like, who's to say this roster looks the same? Let me ask y'all a question though: If 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 who do y'all want as OC then? That's my question. To I, already, I already said mine. I want Pep. I'm I'm I'm, Pep. I'm so I want. Hey, I'm rolling with Frank. I'm I want Frank Rockets my OC. I like that one, Tees. I like that one, Shantees. I like that one. The the the. The what the the best case scenario for Frank Reich because then again that speaks to who do we have at quarterback? How can we utilize him at quarterback? Because Frank Reich has had very middle of the road pocket passing quarterbacks at his at his you know at his perjure. So what I would want to see then is a kind of the ceiling is like a Norv Turner utilization of the guys in the offense we have. I need to see mm-hmm. him kind of coming into his own as an offensive coordinator, 
like take the keys and run with it. Take the keys, run with it, because that would be a ideal pairing because he's not going to get the pushback from Wilkes as a defensive-minded coach. Wilkes is going to where you, to the point where you could probably keep a guy like Holcomb as your defensive coordinator. They already have that chemistry built in. I think Wilkes then with the not having the you know, with Wilkes not knowing that he's not going to get the job and trying to make sure he gets the job. I think Wilkes would be a bit more aggressive on defense, knowing he's got the job now. And I would be okay with keeping Holcomb as that pairing because that's another question we have to ask is who is he going to keep a defensive coordinator? Is he going to keep Holcomb or bring somebody else in? Well, that's I can see him bring. I can see him. I can see him bringing somebody else in as that defensive coordinator for sure. What do you think about Brinks and Brunson? What do you think about Buckner? Wait, he, he, he's a he's a defensive line coach right now somewhere. I can't. I, I can't remember. He was, I just with, him. He was like, with him. He was with him in Arizona though. Arizona, yes. He was with and him in Arizona. I, got, I, I I can I can see. I don't really have a. I'm asking. I don't really I'm have asking, a. I'm asking. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know a good DC. Point, I'm not necessarily. A, I'm not necessarily. I'm not necessarily against it. I don't really have a. I'll say this. The only issue I don't have a real history of the players he's coached and how they performed and what is what is his specialty. Obviously, it'd be defensive line, right? I mean, I can see. I can see pairing him up with the with guys like Derry Brown that can get the most out of that. Get the most out of him. To and take him to a new level. I got a name. Um, I got another name. What about oh, Luke, Luke oh, Keekley? What about Luke Keekley? That's what I was gonna say. At that point, just at that point, give him. But I, I don't know what Keekley's doing at this point. If he wants to, at that point, then give Greg give Greg a call. See if he wants to come in OC. He's coaching Super Bowl teams for Mighty Might, so maybe he wants to come and be an offensive coordinator for us. Nah, that's not Olsen's forte. That's not Olsen's forte, though. I can see. Buckner, though. Go ahead, go ahead, Jack. I'm sorry. I want to say circling back to Buckner. I mean, he's also seen the likes of Al Wallace. He's seen the likes of Mike Rucker. He's seen the likes of Julius Peppers that he's been playing with against. Mm-hmm. So as far as edge rushing goes, if there was someone that can maybe bring that second level out of Brian Burns, where he hasn't had that sort of mentorship and ability, he's had to been doing it pretty much sight on scene. I could see that as well. Um, and like I said, it's just, it's all kind of conditional with that. I mean, it's all, and the problem for this is that this is Fitterer's biggest thing right now is you have to answer that. There's a whole tree of questions that need to be answered, but they start at the very, very top. You have to start with who are we putting on offensive coordinator or at head coach. I agree. And then you go and then you go down this chain. And so that's where I keep going back to it with head coach. For Wilkes, it's like I think it needs to be hit on the head more, the fact that he has this entire locker room put around him. You look at a team like the Commanders and look at the difference in play between when Heineke was on the field and when they decided to start Wentz for some unknown reason this this week with the playoffs on the line. And see the difference in play from week one, from one week to the other. I think it's the same thing that you get for Wilkes. Wilkes embodies the keep pounding mantra. He has got the whole team behind him. And I'll take it a step further. I think with the way that Sam Darnold has played, he's embodying keep pounding right now. He could have came in and said, you know what, screw y'all. Y'all, now you want to come back to me? Now, after all this has gone through, he could have thrown in the towel. Yeah, he's trying to play for his career, but he could have been very reserved about it. He came in quiet, he came in productive, and he came in going with what he wanted to do that's where I give him a little bit more leeway because we're still trying to figure out all these other questions. And I don't really want Fitterer's head to be wrapped around all these things by the time he has to go into the draft. Well, here's the thing, dog. You can't keep ducking the quarterback. Exactly. No, you, thank you. Thank you, 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 you've thank ducked, you. you. You've ducked. You've, 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 since 2019, you've ducked it for three years. And we keep saying, like, it keeps it keeps being your, your Achilles heel every time. Maybe not this year. But for the for the last two, it, it's been your Achilles heel. Now, again, I have enough respect for what Sam has done to bring him back in a sense of you can compete for the job, but 
this job ain't nobody's. Nobody's no, no, done enough no, to say this is your no, job. Not at all. Not at so, all. Not at all. So, but and, and with that being the case, I'm still I'm still going to get a raise. Yeah, but that's my I'm point. Still, I'm, I'm, Shanti, that's my point. Like, if we get to that, my point is, I don't want us reaching for a quarterback just to reach for a quarterback. We've done that. I don't either. I want yeah, us to I, be methodical. I want us to think this through. I want us to be strategic about it. We've learned our lesson. We tried to plug and play a Baker Mayfield. Baker goes out to L.A. He fits into a system. He looks like, oh, why did the Panthers get rid of him? Baker couldn't do that in our system. He can't. He couldn't do it under McAdoo. Mm-hmm. That's a Sean McVay thing. You couldn't plug. You can plug a Baker into a Kyle Shanahan offense, and he's going to look even better than what he looked at in Carolina. So you can't. That's not apples. That's not apples to apples comparison, right? Um, I think it goes back to your point from an OC perspective. What do you guys feel about Scott Turner? Mm, I don't feel highly enough to want to bring that. If, if if we're upset about, you know, I think I, that I, would then run the risk of if you're going with Wilkes and saying, you know, we're sticking to the past too much. If we keep only looking out, like if we're going to do that for players and we keep looking for just candidates that have been in the building before, like that I think could be an Achilles heel for Wilkes if he keeps bringing in people that have been in the building oh, no before. Question. I don't know many OCs out there that are up for coming to Carolina. That's for coming to Carolina. And, may, and maybe Wilkes has his his finger on the pulse of some guys that he knows from other organizations that he's worked with. You know, coaches are coaches are just like any other fraternity, right? You know somebody that knows somebody, yeah. you've worked with somebody that's worked with somebody, you know, and you, you kind of fill them out from that perspective, which goes back to my original point that Wilkes learned a lot in that situation. And I think with that being said, his arm, his reach, the respect that he gets. If you notice at the end of games, how many guys run up to him, give him a hug, give him a pound, you know, saying, you know, good looking out, that kind of thing. You can kind of get a sense of how he's perceived within the league. So I don't worry about him building out the staff as much as I would have with the Matt Rule. Um, My only issue with it is I don't want him – reaching for a quarterback just to reach for a quarterback for the sake of saying we've got a quarterback. And I don't want him doing the same right. in turn, Scott Fitter or whomever it may be, reaching for an OC because that's the latest and greatest neon light name right now. Yeah. I think, so. and I, think that's a, I think that's the problem I think Panther fans are having. I think they – I don't think they, – they're not sure of whether they want to win the headlines or win the building. Oh. I think they want. I think they want a head coach and hire that's going to win the headlines. It's going to make them feel good. Right. As far as like when it reads like, oh, D'Amico De- Ryan's Panther head, head coach makes you feel good. Sounds great. Uh, Ken Dorsey or who, uh, who, uh, whomever, even the Eagles OC. Like they want to win that to make them feel good about. Oh, it re- it sounds good, and I can at least talk to my my friends about it when we when I, when I go back to work and say, oh, we got this guy. But there's clearly a guy that's, that clearly works in the building. And not and and only that the same questions that we have for Wilkes are the same questions I have to have for D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah, because I mean, for, I I have to have the same question for any of the offensive guys. Because I mean, my an offensive guy, you know, he doesn't get to directly work with that quarterback every day. Like he doesn't, he's not going to get to have his hand on him all day. Like he's going to have to trust his staff. So again, it goes back to can you go build a staff? And again, we still don't, we still don't know that. And like you said, Jay, like. Well, what's the difference between going to get Ken Dorsey and, and then hiring Steve Wilkes if you're so afraid of the past? Exactly. So, again, you're not – I think the, the situation has solved itself. Don't overthink it. There's a lot of situations I'm saying just you just can't overthink this. And I I, I, I think it'll kind of all work itself out in the end. 
But then I think that's where you get kind of scary because it, and it, and it comes about when you have different, it depends on the situation, in which a quarterback, especially has gone out the door. If you look at teams where you take a look at, like, say the Cowboys, you know, they had their quarterback, they had, they knew what they yes. were doing. They had a guy come in, they got the fourth round learning behind that veteran. He comes up, he takes the reins and he's getting them at least to contention. You can say what you want about Dak, whether or not, or then you get a guy or then right. you get it to like, you know, you get it like um, trying to think down the line for a little bit for some of these different quarterbacks where they solve the problem before the problem is created. They get their guy before their franchise quarterback is out the door. I mean, one I can see right now is, is, is Pickens, right? Pickens was a no-brainer for them. I think he's coming into his own. I mean, he's not being the superstar that everybody wants, but they can mess around and get in the playoffs. This, player, and, this, player and, is, this kid is playing good ball right now. And and so you get it like you know you get some situations like the Bills you know they don't have anybody that of of, of franchise caliber at the time they get a, a home run with Josh Allen they get that going and they get it to work a lot of the times though it is where that you have someone that's come out on the other end you've got it before your guy gets out the door they want it they run into it and they get going or then you get situations like New England where you don't wait you wait till the very last second to deal with it and then you have to go with the quarterback that's there because yours is gone you get Mac Jones or you get Zach Wilson or you get you know, all these different guys. And I'm worried about becoming a team like the Browns or like the Titans where they kept, yes, we have to fire on a rookie because we have no other choice. And then you get into this point of how long often do you keep firing for a quarterback until it sticks that this is not the problem that you're needing to solve? Because then you get to a point yeah. like the Titans or the Browns where they haven't, okay, we need to, now we need to go sign our franchise quarterback because the guys that we've been trying to get to haven't been working. And you put yourself in compromising situations where you have to go for this person and and get it Bro, on the ground. Quarterback is a crapshoot. That's 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 simply what it is. I mean, I I don't, I don't think people understand how luck. Right. I, I I don't think people understand how lucky we got when we got Cam in twenty eleven because that was just it just made too much sense. It did. But but then I look at the, you look at the Jets and send the number two and you pass on Fields. We it should have never got to the point where we even had a chance to pass on Fields. Yeah. But Fields should have been gone right after Trevor Lawrence went there's again like 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 you said i agree there's, there's so many different ways to fit to fix your problem i mean to fix the problem obviously you know the, the titans went out and signed ryan Tannehill and it worked and it and it, and, and they got it to a point where he, where they had a serviceable team and they were competitive and they, they were a title contender and then you have situations where you have a philly with jalen hurts where you draft them in the second round and you develop them and now he gets you to that point that at the end of the day really it's going to come down to that that particular staff getting their guy and being willing to work with him to the point where he's ready to go. And I and I mean you can you can sit there and say, you know, we can roll with Corral. Like, no, but I didn't love Corral enough to care whether we give him a shot. Well, he gets a shot or not. I, no, I, not I have to be honest. No. And he's not good and he's not good enough to make me not go get any of the quarterbacks in this current in this current draft. But See, no, he didn't show up. He didn't show up. He didn't show up like Malik Willis did. He didn't. I mean, well, that's, I'll part, be, I mean that's what well, it is. I'll be honest with you. This class is just to me. This class, top to bottom, is just better than last year's class. Like it's it's not yeah. even close. Like Young is clearly the Young is clearly the best quarterback out of the last two classes. Stroud's clearly the second best quarterback out of the last two classes. And then I, even 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 when I get the Levis and Richardson, I have enough at least to where I like them physically. To where I feel like you know what, right staff, right 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 set of weapons. I feel like I can get more out of them than I can these these other guys. The only kid that's, that's shown me anything. And this current class is Pickett, and that's and that's because I like the staff he's around, yeah. and that's just a franchise that knows how to develop yeah. and bring talent along. But Lord, um, but Lord knows, 
Lord knows in True Panthers fashion, Corral, we're going to cut him. And then like three, four years time, he's going to be like MVP caliber. He's going to be going off on some team in just True Panthers fashion because that just seems to happen to us when we cut. I can see him I can see him fitting in like a San Francisco type system. Like that's the type of system I can see Corral working in. But I don't see Corral coming to the NFL. I, I don't I, – I, I never really saw it. I just de- – that was more satire. That was more satire and 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 self-deprecating humor towards the Panthers. But what? So what I'll what I'll ask as we as we wrap up here is, what are we looking to see in this last week against the Saints? What what went out? Went out. Be competitive and went out. I mean, what do we got to lose? We'll drop what two slots. All right. Went out. Yeah. I want to see this team be competitive, man. I want to see this team compete. I want to see this team finish strong. I I, I think. Yep. Yep. While like, momentum doesn't carry from, I mean, but it doesn't carry real realistic momentum doesn't carry for months on into the regular season and into the next season. I want to see this team finish the right way, but I mean, also if we lose, I mean, we just lose. But I, I for Wilk's sake, I kind of I really want to win the game because because I, I know for Wilk's everything matters right now. Like everything that happens matters. And the Saints are riding high off the win on the on the Philadelphia Eagles, busting them up at home. I mean, that's a big win for them. Yeah. You know, hats off, hats off to that. But we all know if Jalen Hurts is in that game, it's a different game. It's a different game. It's a to- it's a totally and, different game. And and then that shows you though where and uh, I'm still not gonna get over that because if you go back to the tapes, if you listen to the tapes, I was begging for Hurts in that second round. I was begging for it. That that pick, yeah. we were like, all right, we we can do something different with it. But I was begging you for did. it because I was like, look, we give him a year. Cam don't gotta go yet. Have him learn under Cam. Who is the like? Uh, just, just it's always gonna make me sick. But it also shows you to the point we've been talking about. There's a situation where you can still build a team. You have good coaching, yeah. but then that yeah. quarterback goes out the door, and it is night and yeah. day. And AJ Brown is punching the sideline as he, you know, as Gardner Minshew throws pick number three. Yeah, but but like you said, it goes to show that it it coaching. Can you get the best out of your guys? And that's what that's what it, that's what it's always about. Can you pick the guy and can you coach the guy? And 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 giving Wilkes sweeping the Saints would be a good feather in Wilkes's cap to end out the year. Sweeping the Saints because Tepper that was one of his biggest things. He said he wanted to win at home and he wanted to beat division rivals. And that was what Rule said too. You know, we want to beat our division rivals and we want to be you know competitive in the division. And then that fell like a bag of rocks into the ocean. But but if, if, if we don't talk about we don't talk about Runny anymore. Runny can go. We don't talk about him about Runny. Run, we don't talk. Runty. Runty. We yes. don't talk about Runty. Yeah, we don't talk about Runty anymore. We aren't, we aren't going to talk about him. We are going to talk about just going forward how exciting it is again to be angry about Panthers football, to be upset about it. It feels like before Rule took over, before you know Tepper even took over back 2017, 2016. It feels exciting to be angry again about Panthers football. That's that's all I got to say. It is. I mean, I I can say it felt great. It felt. Um, it felt real again. It, it felt it felt great watching real football that mattered, and it's it, it's coming. It's it's coming soon. At some point in time, we're gonna make the playoffs while we do this podcast, and we're gonna have a great time. Yes, sir. And one thing I will say is, the season got a hell of a lot better as I started watching football late in the season. Um, I, I I know that for me, it was very very dismal. <laughs> When Run when Runty was at the helm and we were coming off of those loss after loss after loss. And then all of a sudden we get this spark from the one and only Steve Wilkes, our next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Let's speak it into existence. Hopefully we don't we don't give it the jinx that we sometimes do. But of course, until then, 
We got to keep waiting and keep pounding. All right, bet. I think we'll go live after the episode next. Oh, no, actually, it's my girlfriend's birthday.